open up your Bibles, your apps, man, whatever you use, or if you just want to follow along, feel free to. We're going to be reading out of 2 Samuel 6, that's 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6 through 11. All right, so it's a nice little chunk of verses. We're going to start there, and then we're going to jump into 1 Chronicles, and we will get to that. But today, man, today I just want to... I want to teach you guys about something I kind of just learned in college, and it has been on my heart so much. Um, it is it's about this man named Obed Edom, and this is not a household name. So if you are like, who who is that? Like, don't don't worry. When they brought it up in class, I'm like, who? Like, who's Obed Edom? Very very rarely mentioned in the Bible. No one really talks about this guy. But ever since learning his story, man, I've oh I've been praying to God. I'm like, I want his heart. Uh, this dude and what he does just, it has changed me. It has absolutely changed my life, changed my view of things and just made me love God even more. And so I, I just really want to bring this story to you guys and hopefully it can do the same for you all. So we're going to be starting in second Samuel chapter six, verse six through 11. And just a little backstory. Basically what's going on is, uh, there's this thing called the ark of God in the old Testament. And this is where God's presence dwelt on earth. Okay. This, this, it was, yeah, this thing, I'm not going to try to explain what it was, but this thing is where God dwelt. This is where his presence was. This is where he was. So wherever it was, he was there. And so it's been in, I believe it was in Judah for like 20 years. And King David goes, no, 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 I want the Lord's presence with me, which is amazing in itself, right? David was a man after God's own heart. David longed to be in his presence. So he says, I am bringing that to the city of David with me. And so that's where we pick this up. So second chat or second Samuel chapter six Verses 6 through 11, it says this. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and studied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it is still called today. David was now afraid of the Lord, and he asked, How can I ever bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. So here we go. David's moving this thing. It's, it's on a wagon, and it kind of falls. It, like, they hit a bump. They hit a pothole. Whatever, whatever man. Like, it's something. They hit something. It bumped. It fell. And Uzzah reached out to steady it so it didn't hit the ground, and he died. Okay, I'm not going to get too much into that and why that happened. Um, we do talk about it a little bit in First Chronicles. But basically, there were rules and regulations on who could be near that thing, on who could touch it, and who was supposed to carry it. And Uzzah was not someone who should have even been near it, let alone touching it. And just everything they did with it was just wrong. It shouldn't have been on a wagon. It should have had poles attached to it. And it should have been Levitical priests carrying it. So, so much wrong going on with how they were moving it. And so God burst out with anger and he, he struck Uzzah. He struck him dead. And well, David <laughs> pretty, pretty normally responded with fear. I mean, if I saw God just strike somebody dead, I'd be pretty afraid too. And so he's like freaked out. Like, dude, I don't want that thing near me. He's like, I, I, I thought I wanted near a city. Dude, this thing's scary. I don't, it's too intense. I don't want it. So let's just put it in this guy's house. Uh, his name is Obed Edom. Like, just give it to him. Let it just chill there, I guess. He's like, I, I just, I don't want to be near it right now. And so, you know, God's like, whatever. And so it goes to Obed Edom's house for only three months, and the Lord absolutely blesses this man. I blessed him, blessed his entire household. And I love that 
Because the presence of God is an absolute blessing. I mean that, man. And Obed-Edom got to experience that on a whole new level for only three months. And so I, I want to talk about, <laughs> man, that, that I want to talk about how much it changed his life. And we'll, we get to see that in First Chronicles. It absolutely changed Obed-Edom's life having the presence of God constantly in his house. And I, I man, ever since I heard this, I'm like, God, I want that. I want the presence so strong wherever I am, whether it's my house, it's at a church, it's walking down the street, so strong that it's just a blessing to me. It's a blessing to my household. It's a blessing to those around me, man. And thankfully, because we are Christians living in the New Testament, right, the new covenant with God, we don't need an ark of the Lord to be carried around with us to hold his presence. We alone can hold his presence. And talk about churches where tons of us are gathered with his presence. Man, it is crazy how much blessing can flow out of that place. And so I've just been praying for the heart of Obed-Edom. Like, Lord, I want that. I want what he had. I really do. But I want to talk about how much it changed his life. I mean, drastically changed his life. So he had it there for three months. And David saw this. King David saw us and he goes, okay, I was wrong. I freaked out. I didn't understand what God was doing, which a lot of times we do that, right? We don't understand what God was doing. We don't under he didn't understand why God freaked out in anger. I'm sure he figured it out over the next three months. Sometimes we don't understand what God's doing in our life. And we react in fear. All right, that's, that's not a good reaction. Well, thankfully, David learned quickly from his mistake. And with three months, he saw what the Lord's presence did for Obed-Edom. And he goes, okay, yeah, I was wrong. Let's get that thing to the city of David right now. And so that's, what, that's where we pick up in 1 Chronicles 1, 11 through 24 is where we're going to be reading out of. Um, it, it is the aftermath of David finally like bringing it. He, he goes, okay, I was wrong. Let's do this the right way. I'm not going to read all this. I'm just going to summarize, guys, because it is... It's long. There's a ton of names I cannot pronounce. So this is basically what happened. Um, David summoned Levitical priests. Okay, this is what he should have done the first time. He, he learned from his mistake and now he's doing it the right way. And he's like, hey, purify yourselves. Go through what you have to do, you know, to sanctify yourself before God. And then we're going to go get this thing and we're bringing it back. And he actually explains that God burst on anger because the Levites didn't carry it the first time. So he, he fully learned from his mistake, which I love. And he didn't get mad at God about it. He just went, we messed up. We're going to do it right this time. And we're going to get his presence. And I love that. Oh, I love that so much. And so they go and they get it. But as they're getting it, David also says, hey, I want you guys to get some choir. I want you guys to appoint a choir of Levites. I want, you know, people skilled in certain mus uh, musical instruments. And then he's like, I also want people to protect this thing. I want people to guard this thing at all costs because... What happened a lot of times in Israel is, is they didn't guard this thing and enemies and different armies would come in and just take it. They would take the presence of God from them. And again, a lot to learn from that, that the presence of God can be taken from you if you allow it. And it was from Israel. And so David's like, no, we cannot let that happen again. So find people, you know, I don't know how they did it. They didn't have Facebook back in the day to get people to sign up on. So they went around and they got people. But what I love is this, every list that they have of names. This, this is in 1 Chronicles 15, 11 through 24. Again, I'm just summarizing. You can look through it. But every list of names that they had, that they went out and got, you find one name every single time. And can you guess who that is? It's Obed-Edom. He joined the choir. He became a gatekeeper. And he also was one of those who was chosen, out of two people, to guard the ark. And, and I, I love this so much, man. I love this so much. This man had God's presence for three months. 
and someone tried to take it from him. <laughs> Realistically, David took it from him. And he was like, no, no, no. He's like, wherever that presence goes, I'm following it. Wherever you take it, I'm going with it. Because I have experienced his presence and I long for nothing but that. Man, that, that wrecked me. That has wrecked me and continues to wreck me to see this guy saying, I will do whatever job it takes to stay in his presence. Like, I want that heart so much. Lord, I will do whatever it takes to just be in your presence. Gosh, like, what a, what a mindset. How, how much different would Christianity in America look today if we all had that mindset? You would see churches full of volunteers because people would say, man, God's presence is here and I will work in childcare. I will scrub toilets. I don't care what it takes. I want to work at this church because his presence is here. Or what if it's just you by yourself with friends and the presence of God is so strong in you that others go, I want what he has. Because they're getting blessed by your blessing because the presence of God is strong in you. So now they're going towards you going, what, what do you got? How do we get that? And you start drawing more people to you. But then you take that and you go, no, 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 it's God. It's his presence that you're feeling. It's nothing special about me. It's God's presence. And man, that's what Obed-Edom experienced. And he just goes, I just want it. I don't care how. I want his presence. I will do any job it takes to stay in that. And the sad reality is, the sad reality for me and my Christian life and so many other Christians' life is, is in the new covenant, we have his presence everywhere we go. But unlike Obed-Edom, we're not willing to do whatever, it's, whatever it takes to stay in it. We're not chasing his presence most of the time. We're stuck in our traditions, in our rules, or regulations of trying to be good or not good. And, oh, did I do this sin or did I not? It didn't matter. Obed-Edom didn't worry about that stuff. He just said, Lord, where are you at? I want to be there. Guys, I want this heart. I want all Christians to have this heart, man. It, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm starting to get there and it is absolutely changing my life in ways that hopefully one day I will be able to explain. But it has been such a blessing to me. It's been such a blessing to my wife, to those around us. And it's been all God. And we have focused more on his presence than anything else. And it has been life changing. And Obed-Edom is, I, I think, I think the story of Obed-Edom for it. I thank this man for showing us that the presence is so vital. And so I just, I just want to close in prayer for you guys, man. Father, we just we thank you for we thank you for the new covenant we have that we don't have to chase after an ark to be in your presence. We thank you that you sent Jesus so your presence can be with us anywhere we go. <laughs> oh, we are so grateful for that, Lord. Father, I just pray right now for myself and for my fellow believers, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. I, I just I pray right now that we can have this heart of Obed-Edom, that we chase your presence everywhere, that we seek your presence above everything else in our lives, Lord, because just to sit at the feet of Jesus is more vital than water, than oxygen, than life itself. Man, just sitting at the feet of Jesus is everything to us. Father, I want the heart of Obed-Edom. I just want to be in your presence. I want to dwell with you, Lord, as we were supposed to in the garden, Father. That's all it was. Oh, Lord, I pray for this heart right now in America. I pray for this heart in the world. I pray for this heart for everyone, Father. And I pray for this heart for myself, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.